0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Words I did not think I would ever say. A successful West Coast trip, especially after a disappointing loss to San Jose. And sadly, we do say goodbye to a Flyers icon. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It- is episode 161 of Orange and Backcheck. Thank you so much for listening. As always, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, Raycon Headphones, and DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when signing up on both to get your promos. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Flyers stay in contention after a disappointing loss. And as I predicted, handing the San Jose Sharks their first win of the season, which was so obvious. But they bounced back very nicely against uh, Sanheim, or excuse me, with Sanheim uh, against Anaheim and the Los Angeles Kings, thanks to Morgan Frost and Cal Peterson. Oh boy, how are you feeling? Because uh, I know you're jittery after uh, uh, our pre-show prep and discussion, and then obviously Flyers had a nice, uh, nice little West Coast trip.
1: It, it was. I
0: just I love how you predicted this. Basically, I mean, could, you're not wrong, Bill. You're
1: not. You basically predicted this was going to happen, and they like. It would just be such a flyers loss. I mean, the last time they lost to a winless team like that was the Phoenix Coyotes in or the I'm sorry, the Arizona Coyotes in 2017, 2018. And then my add, they also made the playoffs that season. So maybe a little good luck, right?
0: Yeah, there. that's true. I, I remember when I texted you, I was like, they're the only team to ever let this happen to them twice. And then you immediately replied with, Yeah, but they made the playoffs against Arizona. But the year they did they lost Arizona. I was like, all right, silver lining. And they're only mm-hmm. like a point. Exactly. Point exactly. Out. They're only a point out of that second wild card spot right now.
1: I don't think that. I mean, listen, it was bad enough that the Sharks got twenty goals scored against them in two games, and then you know, because we were talking about that about that game before we got off the uh, uh, the last um our yeah our, episode uh, one sixty yeah yeah episode one sixty talking about that. And it's like man, they, they got shelled by Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh seemed to get together a little bit. Um, but I just you, you kind of saw it happening because. Mackenzie Blackwood right off the top of the bat was just playing great. And then they weren't getting great scoring chances. They were putting some shots in that. But I think what the Flyers were chasing that game after they scored two minutes in for a while, and then they barely scored a goal. Like they barely scored like Mackenzie Blackwood, if his leg was not in the net. They would have gotten shut out. Like it was bad. Um, I think, you know,
0: I think it was a, I, and I think it was even like, and you, it, it's weird to say this, not only this early on in the season, but also, a West coast team that really, you know, is not a competitor. They are honestly, if the, they're, if they're not in the same boat, they're at least harboring in the same dock uh, of, of where their franchises are between San Jose and Philly. But it it is such a weird thing to say, like that. they might've just simply seen the scores from the last two games that San Jose had played 20 goals allowed. I think they maybe have scored three between both of those games. Uh, And they're like, Eh, we'll beat them and they just took them lightly they overlooked them they they it was a it was a it, it was a, a trap game uh, it, in a weird way and I, I i think torts even said like it's not a trap game but that's how it felt so
1: yeah um, and not only that really too, thinking from the sharks thinking from the sharks perspective like you know they're they got embarrassed twice in two nights like they, they, they needed to respond and really that that's how they did and like you could see like the sense of relief, like they didn't even know how to celebrate the win. They were just more like, "My God, at least we didn't lose this one." Like that's that's how you know you're off to a rough start, man—a really rough start.
0: Yeah, but, I, I, and it's tough because you uh, it, like everyone, like just no matter. I mean, we talked about uh, Stahl and how he wanted to come here d- despite knowing the circumstances. Like he just wants to have an impact on a growing team. Um, like these are guys that are all competitors. It's not like they come in knowing. Despite what my feelings are about it, and we've talked about this time in and time out, like they're not actively looking to tank. They're going to put their best foot forward or best skate right. forward, and it's. And it, but it's tough to be in that scenario. Like I'm, for me to look at a team lose twenty to three over the span of two games, I can just go, "Wow, that's a that's a crappy team." Like I, I'm not going to yeah. pay them no mind, and for the players in that locker room. They have to live it literally for those span of four days where you just lost twenty to three over th- so obviously you have a chip on your shoulder and you just kinda looking yep. to get one. You're just looking to mm-hmm. get one to get, yeah. get to get to the next one th- at that yeah. point.
1: And, and hockey's weird like that. You can have a game where you lose ten to one or ten to two and then go in two one game. It's just how hockey is, man. It's just a, yeah, just how the game flows. That's my word. Flows. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just how it goes. It's how the game flows, man. It's just yeah, that's all that's all you can say about it.
0: And and, and I don't think Morgan Frost played that game. I think it was another scratch of his uh he against was. San Jose. He was. He so was. obviously big question marks came in, uh continue to swirl. Even though even with the success he's had, I'm very uh curious of what this guy looks where this guy's playing come March. I truly I, I'm not saying it's gonna uh, happen, but look, I, I think there is a significant, not I shouldn't say significant, but I think there is a discrepancy in the value of Morgan Frost between John Tortorella and any combination of of scouting or or Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones. I'm very curious where this lands come. March, because he's obviously producing now. He has three goals, finally got on the board uh, over the weekend against Anaheim, scored two goals, got a brace against the LA Kings to lead them to a win. I think the potential of what they want from Morgan Frost is there, but it's certainly not there on a consistent basis, and that's what frustrating Tortorella and why he's getting um, the treatment he's getting. uh, Yeah, and when you can
1: see when he's out there, he's got an immense amount of skill. But I think that it's the way that Tortorella wants him to play is that make make the difference. Because look at how he scored his two goals the other night against uh, against the Kings. He won. he wrapped around the net and he just put it towards the net. He didn't th- overthink it. Didn't he just put it towards the net? He got a bounce and it went in. a Little bit of luck. You need that. But the second one was a hockey goal. He drove the net. He got us. He got in front. He got to a dirty area and he got a stick on it and he deflected it through Cam Talbot's five hole. Like. You can't ask for something better than that, and you need Morgan Frost to play that way. If you're going to play center in the National Hockey League, you need to drive the net when when you don't have the puck, and the puck is at the point. You need to drive the damn net. And listen, he's a little bit of a smaller guy when you when you come to really look at it. I mean, he's what um he is he's what five eleven. He's not mm. really the biggest center in the world, but. You still need to drive that net. You need to get in front there and create something. And it, he has skill where he can do it on the outside and the inside, but it goes back to what you said. It's the consistency. And I think Tortorella wants to see that consistency and it's going to continue pushing him so he has that consistency because they saw it the second half of last year. I
0: mean, he's. And if giving, you're not
1: going to do a torch once, you're not going to play.
0: Right. And And that leads to as long as he doesn't have an excuse to bench you, he's not going to bench you. Even with the success right. of Bobby Brinks. Uh, of, of the world Tyson Forrester got the healthy he got scratch
1: who he got scratchy the other night by yeah the way.
0: I mean both Forrester and, and Brink did like just I I, I again criticism of, of torts I think he's just like the way he portrays it comes off wrong that's how he is I have to accept that but him to just be like that it, it feels like a good time to take them out does it man like it just I, I don't know like you're trying I get you're trying to jump start Morgan Frost at the end of this, but as long I don't know, it's no, more, yeah.
1: I, I don't, th- I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's the, about the good time to take him out. Okay.
0: It, it was that's what lot- I mean. That's what I'm saying. It
1: wasn't a good you, time to take him out. You have a, no, I, I disagree. I I, I disagree. Oh. I think that I disagree that you sometimes you're going to see some players, what they're doing in practice. You're going to see what other players have an opportunity if they're in a game and they're not doing what they need to do. Okay. You're out. Someone else is in. It's competitive sports. It's com- it, it, This is the National Hockey League. It's an extremely competitive sport, obviously. But you're also competing because Torts is set from the beginning of this season in training camp. No one here has a spot that's safe. Nobody. You know, outside of like Sean Couturier, Travis Connecty, Carter Hart. You know, Nobody's really like just saying, you don't really have a safe spot in the lineup. You got to go earn your spot every single day. And if you're not earning, if you have a down game or a bad game or two, or maybe three. I think he probably has it limited. Like, okay, one bad game is bad, but he doesn't. After that, doesn't have a good rebound game, or well, I'm talking yeah, about getting I mean,
0: everyone speculated that Morgan Frost was going to get put back on the bench after Anaheim because he had really bad turnovers, uh, or excuse me, bad penalties taken at inconvenient times. A couple bad turnovers, and you're just like, this dude's trying to play out of a job. And Torts gave him. Then he obviously got the. Uh, the he had. Two assist or no assist in Anaheim, and then the two goals against L.A. So you're right. Like Torts will give you that slack when he'll give appropriate. You a rope, yeah, yeah, he'll give yeah. it to you when it's appropriate, and that's always the sign of a good coach. But there, there's other things that I have issues with Torts, and I've spoken on that but listen, at length. I don't need to go into any more detail.
1: Uh, listen, listen. He was he was a play he was a plus three the other night against L.A. He was even against Anaheim, so it's not like he's doing anything you know egregious he's got he's actually a plus 4 on the year he's got three points he's a plus 4 in the year he's doing some things right but it's the consistency you talk about that's the big that's the big key yeah that is the big
0: key so in speaking of consistency what we're not seeing i'm very curious what is i mean he's probably just sick but very curious what's going on with carter hart i hope he's okay hope he's doing well because obviously he had that what was later classified and he even spoke to this was a lower back strain or pull or something Uh, after uh, where he was out for a couple of games, original speculation was that he was going to be out for six to eight, uh, four to six weeks, which was devastating for a team that's Mm -hmm. on the very fringe of the playoffs and with your number one keeper out. Uh, And then all of a sudden he's expected to travel with the team out West. Same with Sean Cotteria. He was dealing with something uh, and and came back. Um, And then all of a sudden he's a late scratch uh, Saturday against Anaheim. Uh, for an illness, they expect him to go again against LA at, at the what is it a Crypto Arena, whatever. Uh, yeah, Staple Center. It's now it's still, still the Staple Center, like whatever. Yeah, or. it's always gonna be just so uh,
1: like that. Just like the Tweeter Center always yeah, no be the Tweeter Center, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, name is it. how many names it's
0: got? So, so he's out again. I, I'm very. I'm get it, not suspicious, but that's that can't like where do, if he's as sick as they think he is. What do you do with them on a travel back day like they had today? Until or tomorrow? Well, okay. Like
1: <laughs> let's, let's let's be real here. He he didn't play against Anaheim, and then you're going to play less than 24 hours later against against San Jose. I'm sorry, against um, against LA. I mean, this is the dumb thing that they did in the first place. I got to give all the fires credit in the world for battling in a back to back game against two decent teams mm-hmm. and winning them both. Because, you know, it, was, I think it was probably good. They had a after the loss to San Jose, they probably had Wednesday off and then, you know, or something and had a chance to explore a little bit and do a little team bonding. Having that game of Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, think about it, Bill. You ever have, like, you know, the shits? Like You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you ever gotten it? Like, if you have, you know you're incapacitated for a day. And if you're still not feeling great, you could be a little dehydrated. I mean, listen. I'm not making an excuse for the guy, but at the same time, yeah, man. I mean, you know, you got a stomach ache or something like that, or you got the runs or you got a stomach bug or ate some bad food and, or like me around New Year's, I ate Chipotle and got food poisoning. <laughs> so I'll never eat there again. Um, it, it ain't fun, man. It ain't fun. And it takes more sometimes than 24 hours just to get over it, regardless if you're a hockey player or not. And, I, and I'll say this too it's actually not a bad thing that Carter Hart didn't play against Los Angeles because. I think that that's bigger for Cal Peterson than anything else so far of rebuilding his confidence, a team that traded him. he was supposed to be the next heir, no pun intended, and uh, in, in goal. And, you know, gets traded off because he just kind of lost the step a little bit and he kind of lost his game. And now come back and really play well against them. Like Cal Peterson played really well the other night. Yeah. Some tonight, some parts he had to make some real saves and like fight off the puck a little bit, but he kept it out. And I thought that, That was a really big confidence booster for him because if Carter Hart or Sam Merson have to go down for some time, you have a goaltender there now that you can see that can be competent at the NHL level if need be.
0: I mean, so think about it. I mean, the last game he played prior to that Kings game on Sunday was against the Kings where he just got torched. Like there was mm -hmm. no five goals allowed on, I think, 30 shots, give or take. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and have a bounce back game against that same team in their arena. Turn yep. away, I think thirty-six thirty-seven or whatever yep. it was. And like just a, a a good problem to have and mm-hmm. what leads to the speculation about what the future of Carter Hart is, I think Carter Hart should stay. I don't want to get I don't want to get it, get it misconstrued, Sam Mercer isn't
1: ready. But, you know, the more I see out of Sam Merson, yeah. I see he's not quite ready to take on that role. And going with a tandem of Cal Peterson and Sam Merson right now, when you have enough talent to get to the postseason. It's not the right move to make. You need to build from the back to the front. Listen, I know that people say like, "Oh yeah, you got to trade them and get something for them." You can't find starting goaltenders easily in this league. You cannot. I mean,
0: especially homegrown
1: one. Exactly, and this is that we haven't the Flyers haven't homegrown a goalie since probably I don't know. Since Brian Boucher, and like look how long that lasted for. Yeah. I mean, well, honestly, legit. we'll tell, ta-
0: we'll rest Or on Terry
1: there's another one. I, right there. I
0: was going to say, Check Monik was drafted in 2000, played three, he was only here for three seasons, oh. but it doesn't really count as a homegrown. He was so, he was no. 28, no, he 29. He was 29 when he yeah, was drafted. He
1: was already 29 yeah. years old. And we'll get to that in a second or two. But like, I just think that with the, and I will always maintain this, you, you need good goaltending. You're not going to win anything without goaltending. You're not. And, like, the the way the league is transitioning now is that they look at this the way that, like, Aiden Hill won the Cup last year. And the year before that, it was Darcy Kemper. Like, you don't need great goaltending to do that. But if you have a stacked team, yeah, you can slack off on the goaltending a little bit. Yeah. But if you're going to build a team, build a team that can win consistently, you need an Andre Veseleski. You need a Corey Crawford. You need a guy who's homegrown and gone through the ringer a bit. A Abrayton Holpe is another great example, a guy who went through the ringer, all those up-and-down seasons, and then won the Cup in 2018 with, uh, with with the Capitals. You know, you need... Uh, Matt Murray is another example. Matt Murray, two Stanley Cups, outplayed Marc-Andre Fleury, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You need goaltending. You don't give away good goaltenders. You will not replace them.
0: I think... I, and I think... uh one of the reasons that this speculation continues to grow with Carter Hart is simply because of how his contract is. Like he's a free agent, unrestricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Not after, not after this season, but after next season, he has a, a, see, two, and a half, two seasons left on yeah, his he's deal. Still an RFA. You're right. Oh, okay, so he, so yeah, I think the that's the only reason because they're, they're after um, this
1: season, he's an RFA. So they'll buy out probably if they want to keep him. They're going to have to buy out some uh, UFA years, a lot of UFA years. Yes. Yeah
0: so I think that's why the the mainly the fuel for this this conversation of what is the future of of Carter Hart at the end of it especially because we're dealing with a guy that is a starting quarter uh, starting quarterback a starting goalie caliber consistently and he's 24 now 25 like he's like he's so young when really we anticipate this stuff to happen at check age of 29 30 31 32. Like you have tenure with this guy. You have a a built sustainable keeper in your own pipeline that you can just be like, this is set. Just continue to sign them within yeah. reason and everything will be fine. Like mm-hmm. I, I truly believe that um, pending the investigation of whatever happens with uh, hockey. Yeah. Canada, that's the mm-hmm. yeah. only setback. Like that's the Agreed. only reason. So
1: 100% agree with you. Uh, and
0: in, in, in we'll talk about the future of some other fl- key flyers that continue to Man, Owen Tippett continues to just torch the lamp. And it's it's a wonder to see. And it's very nice uh to actually see a return on a st- after the what the Claude Giroux trade is at the time of the trade. Amazing to see Owen Tippett continue to right uh,
1: and, and we can talk about Travis Sandheim, too, has yeah. 14 points and has been pretty much the team's MVP so far.
0: Yeah. Uh so this episode, as always, is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, taking as many of the bets that they provide. I mean, anything, money lines, wagers, uh shots on goal. I took some bets over the weekend in hockey on just shots on goal. That's all I did and I cashed them. Cashed almost I think I went 3 for 4 on cashing those uh 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 shots on goal. Just all those little bets that you can make on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Draft the down draft the app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. By the way, on hockey, you can draft, you can actually watch select games. I was watching I think Edmonton and uh San Jose. The other night, it was incredible. Uh, That's promo code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets. Explore 100. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight 8 hopeny or text HOPENY467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 Plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus mess expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL of the NHL Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. We are also. Brought to you by Raycon headphones. It may not be, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start holiday shopping. Why not c- take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare when you can just, especially around the holidays, and just wait for that best deal before Black Friday? Right now at Raycon, you can get up to 50% off before their early Black Friday sale right now. You heard me talk about Raycon's products before I listen to them when I'm listening to my favorite podcast, going to the gym, whatever it may be. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like the everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like the 32 hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. It is incredible. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster than with a 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for un, uh, for ensuring the water you use to wash your face, take a shower, brush your teeth, all that fun stuff you know it's clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their product racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss this. Hurry now, buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's dot Raycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. dot Raycon.com slash THPN. Man, good deals going around. I love this time of year.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm speaking at, at, at random. I, I was thinking about getting myself an early Christmas present. A Patrick Wa jersey. An Avalanche Patrick Watt jersey. I don't know why, but I just stumbled upon one the other day when I was Mitchell and Ness having a sale. Yeah, and I stumbled upon the white one, and I'm like, man, I forgot how cool those burgundy jerseys were back in the day. Those Avalanche jerseys. The yeah, like the the, from the
0: late '90s or early 2000s. Yeah, from the late '90s, yeah, yeah. Like a
1: pat. I'm, 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 I'm like halfway there. Like I might, I might pull the trigger. Knowing you, you're going to so, pull the trigger. Yeah, I'm probably going to pull the trigger. Yeah, my wife's going to shoot me, but you know what? letter. Well, she can shoot me in this jersey and that'll be that'll be good. I guess I'll tell you what, I was never a big Patrick Waugh fan, but I just like the look of the way that 33 looks on that jersey. I don't know. I might be wearing <laughs> next a, episode next episode probably going to wear it. It's very
0: synthetic. Sure. That's really what that's why. It's a 30 it, the 33 looks very it symmetrical. Just, it just,
1: it, it, that whole jersey just looks extremely. Yeah.
0: Um so Owen Tippett and Travis Sanheim, they have been, I mean, to say they've been on fire is kind of an understatement. I think just For what we've been criticizing Travis Sandheim for and the flack that Owen Tippett has gotten ever since the Claude Giroux trade where, like, Mm -hmm. that's all we got. That's the only person they could get. I mean, you have to – there was a poll the other day. I forget who put it up. Uh, It might not even have been an organization. It might have just been a random person that I saw was like, Owen Tippett's an RFA at the end of the year. Do you sign him? Or do you try and move them? I'm like, of course you sign. Of course him. You sign them. Why wouldn't answer that question? Like, how is this? You have to have. Look the the problem that people have when it comes to the rebuilding process is you think all of the players that are on the team now during the rebuild, outside of one or two, are just common goods and able to be shipped around for whatever it can get you the best next best price you have to have some sort of structure, whether that's Morgan Frost, Sean Couturier, or Owen Tippett, you have to have something. So you, the reason you got Owen Tippett wasn't just because allegedly he was the only guy available that they were comfortable giving up, but you have to have confidence in that kind of person, you know, and Tippett to say, we can build around this guy to have sustained success for the future. So, It's absolutely no question that you even if even if he wasn't doing as well as he was this season, you have to give him some sort of deal. Like, it's it's a no brainer that he's extended at the end.
1: uh, He's got he's got 10 points in 15 games. Yeah. And, you know, given the fact that he went a little dry there, too, you know, and he's just got he's gotten three in the last two. Um, I mean, listen, he's 24 years old. He's not. You know, and, he, and this is his first year playing with uh, with like a center like Sean Couturier. And, you know, they move kind of, they move connecting more back to center. And, um, you know, he's got a little bit of, uh, he needs a little bit of help there. But imagine him like on a three or four year deal. And then when Cutter Gauthier comes up, and if he successfully transfers over to center, like they're hoping he will. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel like that with play ability like Gauthier has, that's going to make Owen Tippett more dangerous. So I just think that that, you know, a guy like Owen Tippett, I don't think you go the Travis Sandheim route and go eight years right away. No, you can't. Um, I would lose yeah, my mind yeah.
0: because one, those are the, the reason people are not fans of Travis Sandheim isn't because of his play. It's because of his deal tenure, like his eight years, which is for, the
1: dumbest logic ever. Yeah, but it's, it, the, it's the dumbest it's not, logic ever. It, it,
0: I get. I know where you're coming from. I get it, but I know that you're going to say like, it's hard to find top defensemen to lock down and have sustainability with. But are you telling me that, that, there was no, like, I will not be convinced that he was worthy of an eight-year deal. You can convince me four to five. You can't convince me eight. That's my only thing. I'm not looking for an argument. I'm just saying, like, there is there is, there is smart and just being reckless. And Chuck Fletcher, I, I, one day I will stop saying his name, I feel was being reckless in that context, I, And that's the only listen. reason that people criticize Sandheim. If he had a shorter 10-year deal, we would not be – as critical of Travis Sanheim as, as we are. I'm telling you he that. Had, I really he had that. had on a six-year deal.
1: I mean, it's just two much. So way better than
0: Sanheim, though. At the time, he's fallen off. I will say. Oh, well, that's the- he's completely fallen off. He does not look good at in the Columbus. Time.
1: No. And he didn't look good in the last two seasons here, either. If you really paid attention to what he's doing, he just ate up a lot of minutes. Travis Sanheim actually looks decent. He looks like he's, now that you're giving him those top minutes, and he came into camp in shape, I mean, my God. He's averaging twenty five minutes a night. Yeah, like, he's, the, yeah is, he's the new proverb. That program. is three minutes more than anybody else is averaging on this team. Yeah, like, and that's the closest one to him is is Cam York. So I um, he is he's got he's got twenty three blocks on the year right there. Now he's a little less than Sean Walker at twenty seven, and he's thrown fifteen hits so far. Look, overall, he's a guy who can eat up a lot of minutes for you and be an anchor back there. And I'll tell you what, that was really cool to see him score that goal the other night like, that, that, against Anaheim. The way he came flying across and dry, like basically he got jumped over Lucas Dostal and uh, had the same kind of similar goal as Bobby Orr back in the day. I mean, people want to bitch and complain about his contract. At the end of the day, who cares? The cap's going up next season anyway, or the year after that. And it's going to be massive. In three or four years, you're going to look and say, okay, you know what? Now I know why they locked them up to eight years because that's a value deal. Yeah, That's a value I deal. I will say. Yes, it, it looks overpaying in the short term. But three or four years from now, when the cap goes up, that number is going to look less and less and less and less. Kind of like with inflation. Inflation <laughs> goes up and up and up. The money in your pocket is less worth less, less, and less. That's the same thing in that contract. Like it seems inflated right now, but as the cap goes up, that's going to be a value deal for someone who's going to be eating up 25 minutes a night.
0: I will say it is always funny that we criticize the contracts of millionaires that were handed out to them by billionaires. Like it's not like it's not our money. Yeah, it's not right. our freaking money. So why are we uh, bitching can't. about this? It's it's, right. it's it's a very funny concept in the world of sports, and I truly believe, honestly, the reason we complain about it as much as we do when it comes to tenure and AAV. Is because of video games, because of the world of Madden and NHL, where they have tried to make it as uh, they've tried to make it as realistic as possible when it comes to even the minute details of contracts mm-hmm. where it's, yeah. uh, they don't care about the gameplay anymore. The gameplay sucks like they don't care about that shit anymore. But hey, you know what you get to do, son? You get to you get negotiate to the him. contract yeah. of, of Morgan Frost after two yeah. years. Oh, yeah. boy, dad. Kid, yeah. kid so excited to play that $70 video game that's the but, reason we cr- we criticize contracts as much as we do that's truly I mean th- that's honestly why
1: you're not wrong and people have access to the numbers and everything but yep. also people don't value it they, va- they see it as fans and, and translate it directly to the ice and I understand it's actually coming from the fans pockets their pockets because the gates really sell that those contracts that they, they, they use the money for that but at the same at the flip side doesn't matter does somebody come to work watch you work and say you know what I'm I'm he's he's being paid way too much you got to pay him less you're not getting that value for that right that that doesn't happen in the real world it happens in sports I get it but doesn't make it any less dumb
0: yeah it's very dumb we're 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 a group of dumb people watching a dumb sport that's really what it comes down to um yeah and I don't get me started talking about dumb people because I go on for hours dude
1: (laughs) People are driving um, the left lane. We can, for I wanna, uh, uh,
0: look, <laughs> I, the the breaking news over the week, uh, honestly, was yesterday. I, I was shocked, Ooh. and I know I sent this to you. Roman Cechmonic passing away at 52. There's still mm-hmm. absolutely devastating news to see. I thought it was fake at first. I was like, that's a random. Like, you know how you see those just random – celebrities have passed away and then they randomly pop up on Twitter or Facebook and they say, by the way, I'm not, I'm not gone. I'm just, someone chose to put my name out there. That's legitimately what I thought it was until I saw uh, insider Frank Saravali put it out there. And it got me like into this rabbit hole of looking at his stats. It was only three seasons that we was that he was here, but he still holds the record and he will for a long, long time for regular season goals against average. Sub two, I believe it was officially like one nine two or one nine three. I, we, he is a Philadelphia legend because he was just he was paired with uh Robert Ash, which was um, incredible. And well, it was
1: a story before that too. Yeah, with Brian Boucher
0: and Boucher, and he was just he was the epitome of Philadelphia sports, and I, I, I cannot believe we woke up on Monday or I woke up on Monday morning and just, we all saw the news. Couldn't believe it. I, I,
1: I mean, what do you remember about Roman check I mean, how old were you when he I first mean, came out? Too? He
0: played from 2000 to oh three. So like I was just like, I've said many times on this podcast, I'm more of a post lockout the first one or second one, depending on what you count, uh, of, of hockey. I'm a more of a fan after the first lockout, you know, Oh, four, Oh, five. Um, I don't remember much. I just knew he was there, obviously. Obviously, he was also – you're there during truly one of the greatest eras of, of Flyers hockey from, what, 96 to 04, 05, Um, post, And then he was a part of that, and you just knew he was there. Like, that's really what uh, – and he just dominated. Like, his regular season numbers are absurd.
1: So, let me tell you something about Roman Shachmonik. Let me take you back in a little time, a little little, little history from Scott here, the, the Hoxstradamus, the Flyers guru when it comes to <laughs> <the> goal I'll <commanding. laughs> um, tell you what was crazy. So 2000-2001 was a very strange year for the Flyers because they had just came off of losing in Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Final to the Devils, where they were up 3-1 in the series and blew the damn thing. That year before, Brian Boucher took over. Supplanted John Van Beesberg for the starting job. Flyers traded Van Beesberg for fourth round pick to the Islanders in the summertime. And then they go with Boucher and then uh, bring up a younger guy like either um, uh, Maxim Wallet or, you know, they had a, uh, what's it called? They were, they were going to run with Boucher as their goaltender. And they made the mistake because what happened was in 2000, 2001, they didn't have a good start to the season. Boosh didn't really have it clicking for him. They brought up Maxim Walat to play behind him, while that was really not ready at all. Um, and he wound up getting traded a, a little later on for the for the Adam Oates trade. And then, in order to save the season, because Boosh was playing that badly, no disrespect to Boosh, just that you know he was the guy and put too much on him. You can't put it a you know, young guy. You can't. That's why I was. That's why I'm always a big proponent of putting a veteran behind a, a young goaltender because you need that. Check. Monte came in, and he was already polished because he was 29 and had a lot of international experience. And he came in and just let the world on fire. I mean, he hadn't seen goaltending like this. I mean, his goals against average was his first season was 2.01. He had a, a save retention of 921 and 10 shutouts. 10 shutouts. Now, the first game I ever went to we at the Flyers was when they played the Islanders, and they won one nothing. Against Richie, and, and the second game I went to, they played against the Wild, and he. I remember them hitting the post in the very first period, and the Flyers they had like ten. Uh, the, a while, had ten shots on goal the entire game, and he shut them out too. And um, it was incredible to just watch the way he played the game because, yes, sometimes he, he was he was like Dominic Kosick. His style, he did whatever he needed to to stop the puck. If anybody who remembers Dominic Kosick, Dominic Kosick would dive and flop all over the place it looked like he was just flopping around. i didn't know what he was doing i got fish out of water but it was all to take away time and space and checkronic did the same thing he stayed big and he only moved at the last second when he had to and the coolest thing they ever did honestly was he used to stop the puck with his head intentionally like <laughs> yeah, it I would come that. in yeah and he would head but like a soccer ball and i'm thinking this guy's a freaking nut i love it
0: Yes, yeah, that Eastern but, European, Eastern European, like just psychoness doesn't care how he stops it; he just wants to stop it.
1: Right, and it was a, it was always fun to watch. It started to fall apart, and if you read some of the Flyers books, like like you know, you watch Chris Terry, read Chris Terry's book or uh, Keith Jones' book, some other things that are, to flyer the Flyers from that era talk about. Um, they talk about once the checks stop coming at the end of the regular season. The interest kind of got lost a little bit.
0: I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it is funny like how much he dominated in the regular season. And, and he then, got
1: torn just, apart in, in that one in that one series against uh, against Buffalo. And that yep. and I'll tell you what, watching the worst thing was game six when it was like four-nothing at the end of one, and then Bush came in and still got shelled in that one. And it was just there was a lot going on there too. Bill Barber had taken over the team at that point, and you know, it was bad. But I'll tell you what was even worse. The year after that. The 2001-2002 team, you go out and you sign with Jeremy Roenick. You have a really good overall season. You had some ups and downs and flows, but you got in there in the playoffs. to really good. Again, the stats, 921 save percentage, a 2.05 save percentage, four shutouts. You go into the first round against Ottawa, and you score two goals in five games. monix they're keeping it standing on his head just to keep them in it. And I'll tell you what, and there was one point in that series where people were getting mad because at center, at center ice, they're down like, Two, three, nothing in game three or four, and uh, what's our game two, or game actually one of the games, and he starts and he goes starts barking at the bench, and I don't blame him one bit because I'm like eh, he starts barking at like yelling at the bench at the guys in the bench like yo like like you know you guys aren't doing anything enough. We had scored two goals in five games. They got shut out for three straight games. Yeah, I'd be yelling too if I were in that. I'm shocked
0: um, we never got a the goalie just left. He just said F it and left. If well, it, if any professional was going to do it, it was going to be Roman. Just say oh, I'm out. I'm I'm leaving figure it out yourselves. If no one's going to play in front of me, I'm not going to play behind them. Like that's as simple yeah. as he thought.
1: Yeah, I and listen, there was uh the cool I mean, and in 0203 they actually they actually won around. They came back. They had a better season in 0203. Uh they got Mark uh, what's it called Mark Reckie was still uh well, uh, yeah, Mark Rickey really played well that year. I remember Mark Rickey a lot because he, he scored a, a big third ti- a third overtime goal against Toronto in that series. F Toronto. Um, <laughs> and uh, the the craziest thing was you could still find – it's the very first U- uh, w- video on YouTube if you still pull it up, where Roman Csikmonic plays the puck behind the net. He loses his glove, and a shot just off the wall beats him high as he didn't have any glove in, in, in one game. And I, I I wish I could find the clip. I'd have to find it. But there, a, there was another one, again, where he hit, goes and just – completely yells the bench and everything, but Czechmonic was an adventure. And then that series against Ottawa in the second round that year, he just he didn't have it. Whatever it was, they didn't have it. It, it just it wasn't there. And then when you could see that you could his game was really starting to take off because his goals against average in 0203 was uh was 1.83 and his save percentage was 925. I mean that 1.83 is stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. Even for that error, it's stupid. Like, you know, Dominic Hasek was down at of that level. You're talking like elite, 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 elite. elite. And then he goes to three oh four. He goes to the Kings, and he just he comes back to Earth. The nine oh six and a two fifty 250, at uh, two point five one, and that was the end of it. I remember when he played against the Flyers. I think he shut him out the first time he played against them, and uh, when he was with LA. Um, it, I, it just it's it's. Uh, I always have fond memories of Roman monarch I always will because he was a goalie at the time when the Flyers needed it. He was a character at a time at a season that was really going close to being lost early because of how bad they were playing and they weren't getting any goal today. He came in and pretty much just saved this, this team for a couple seasons. And then, you know, it was just after three seasons, it was just it was time to move on. You know, he he had. He won, out. Uh, what's it called? He went to the All Star game. He went to the All-Star yeah, All-Star he, he game in All Star game. he was like fourth seasons. in the Heart yeah. Trophy
0: con- that first yeah, year. He was Yeah, here. he was
1: in the best, Yeah, he won the, he won the Jennings with a Robert 0-2, Oh two oh three. he almost won Logan the Vez, Sco- and I think he, he yep, came almost, in
0: second. Yeah. So like, yeah. he was a phenom. I mean, that that's really how you really put it. Was.
1: He really was. He really was a phenom. He, was. he
0: he was so successful for unfortunately a short amount of time, and he just came and went, and he just went out and just captured the hearts of. Uh, of Flyers fans everywhere because he was the epitome. Honestly, it's the classic, like, just an outsider embracing the Philly attitude and able to relate with the fans that way on the ice. Not necessarily off the ice, but because... And you just are able to connect with them. Like, that's why right. people love them. They'll love them forever. Yeah. So... I will I I may I'm not really
1: glad they I'm really glad they they stuck with him because they were close to training to for Roman Turek back in the day.
0: Yeah. And Roman Turek was a solid goalie
1: for the blues, but he was brutal in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, but uh yeah, but, yeah I, I'm really good because he was he was just different, man. He was a really, really different breed. And you know, it's a shame. Apparently his son found him dead in the bathtub.
0: Yeah, he did he Details he, he, are he was still supposed to out. play that Sunday, uh this mm-hmm. past Sunday, and he said, Can't play, I'm not feeling well whatever the illness was and very tragically his son walked in and he was, he was gone. Uh, so, well, it's
1: a shame, man. Yeah. It's a shame.
0: It, it, only 52 cause of death mm-hmm. still to be re- decided to be announced or even though, who knows if we'll actually find out, but never, never good when that's the, what what you learn on a Monday morning. But like you said, phenom that absolutely captured the Philadelphia by for three sol- three ridiculous seasons uh it mm-hmm. as you said put it save the team during to usher them in because in 04 they obviously almost almost made the play or almost made uh the stanley cup final before losing ultimately to ironically the lightning and and uh and and john torell so uh yep. it all comes full circle yep. fall for, sir- for full circle yeah. um hey, checking
1: l- uh, rest in, rest in peace jack monic yeah. seriously roman thank you for everything you know it's a shame it would happen and um you know rest in peace man i'm sorry this had to happen yeah this way
0: uh so looking ahead for the flyers uh they do no <laughs> not for the weary this schedule ahead they i know they're back they have quite a few days off this is again nhl has such weird scheduling de- decisions on how they do this this is the month of back to backs for the flyers almost every weekend is a back to back including the black friday game against the rangers coming up next weekend um but they they have uh, Carolina on Wednesday. Then they take on Vegas in, in the back to back. And I believe who's the second back to back? I just had in it? its log. I think it's. Um, I think it's
1: Buffalo. here it is. Uh, so the, it's the it's the the Golden Knights and the Blue Jackets. Oh, Blue
0: Jackets. Okay. So and then I, they
1: play and then they play a back to back against what the, with the, they have. Listen, to this this is this is the dumbest way that Intel does the NHL does a schedule. Let's do a back to back. With, the, with home with the with the Golden Knights and the Blue Jackets. The, then they don't play for until the 22nd. Then they play at the Islanders. Then they come back home, have a day off. And then the 24th, they play at home against the Rangers. And then Saturday, they go and play the Islanders. Nothing, uh, what's called Sunday and Monday. And then Tuesday, 28th, yeah. they play. Just a,
0: an absurd, absurd schedule. It doesn't make That's any sense. They, it's weird how they do that. Yeah, so... Uh, So th- they'll have to step their game up, obviously continue to just try and stay in that playoff hunt. As weird as that sounds to say, like this is we talked about how taking advantage of they really th- like the only reason that people the end of the day where the reason why people do get upset about the losses against the San Jose's of the world is because if you do believe that they are a playoff team come the end of the season, you might be wishing that you had those two points in the bag when you should have been bagging points at the beginning of the season like they are. Uh, and they come up two, three points short, and you wonder, okay, here's a loss that they should have had, and and so on. Because this is not, <laughs> I would not be shocked if they go zero and three this week because it's it's so tough. I don't think they will. I think they'll pull. They'll play Carolina tough, especially given the the long rest. Vegas is Vegas, and, and, and the Blue Jackets. They should beat the Blue Jackets. I, I I'm still. But Johnny Hockey always has that has that chip on his shoulder because he blatantly said, I want to play for the Flyers, and they didn't make them. So he's using
1: that. They're the third worst team, one of the worst teams in the NHL. I mean, uh, I, I say this. I'm going to oh be a little bold this week. I don't know why. I'm going to be a little bold this week. I look at this schedule. I think that they beat Carolina. I think they beat Vegas. Okay. In, in a so
0: that's now in, a four-game win streak
1: and i think they dropped to columbus.
0: Okay. But hey, that's still 4 points out of 6, yeah.
1: I mean, if they get 6 points, they get even if you get 3 points out of 6 here, you're, you're you're keeping pace because look. I mean, I look at the wild card and i really put emphasis on the wild card right now because it shows how far away the separation is. I mean, Columbus is really bad and they're only 4 points out of a playoff spot. I mean, you know, and, and Tampa's got 16 points. They have the second wild card right now. The Flyers are 1 point behind them. I mean, even in the division, you're you're one point behind the Caps in third place. Yeah, I mean it's 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 there. People. It's there for the taking. It's, it's, it's certainly it's, there. It's There,
0: it's I, not I, like you're it's starting just a to see. I there. will say, when I was doing the prep for this uh, for this t- tonight, I am starting to see. well, wow, the Flyers are people writing. Flyers are performing better than they expected. Flyers are keeping pace, and I'm like, interesting. Uh, Nobody was listening to Scott Weinhardt here on the Orange of Backcheck podcast because he's been saying it all summer that this team there's too
1: much talent on this roster for them to be dead last. If they miss the playoffs, they'll miss by a couple points, but that's a huge stepping stone for this team. Yeah.
0: Especially really,
1: especially those young guys. Yeah. Get them to the play. This and Billy, I'm going to say this and then we can wrap up. The reason I want them to get to the playoffs so bad. I I, I really, I want to see them get to the playoffs is because that is such valuable experience for these younger guys. Yeah. For guys like Tyson Forrester, for Noah Cates, for Joel Farabee, I mean, even Carter Morgan Hart, Frost.
0: Carter Hart, had that? The, uh, Carter Hart, too. Carter Hart, Carter yeah, Hart. I mean, Carter Hart's been to the playoffs. I but know, I mean, but it's, it, 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 it's, it, it was the bubble season, which doesn't freaking count anymore. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the, uh, the, uh, tw- That's it, right? Yeah, the bubble season. I've that was, the was the it. That's the not real playoffs. Yeah. Fuck that. Like the, he needs real playoff experience. Fans in the building at the Wells Fargo Center, not up in Toronto or wherever they were that year. This needs to be true playoff experience for this team to actually commemorate success and honestly figure out who you can build around i mean that's really what the playoffs are about because correct anyone can play anyone in the hl can play regular season hockey the difference is what do you do in april may april may and june that sets you apart from the rest and that's what we're looking for here so Mm -hmm. uh, i'm very very excited to see the continued success of this team uh, they're
1: fun to watch now they are they're fun, to, fun watch. to watch they've they've been, they've win been or lose. fun, to watch, fun since to watch last season
0: they were fun to watch yeah. last season, but it was painful to watch because they were in denial of who they were now yeah. they're kind of accepting of who they were, especially under the right leadership, not Tortorella I'm talking about Briere and, and jones so it, it's it, it's an exciting time to be a flash fan that's all i'll say um let me
1: ask you let me ask you one last question and then we'll pose we'll pause this one for the next episode eight mm-hmm. percent. Success rate on the power play. Does that get better over this week or worse?
0: It's so bad it has to get better. Like, Let's it's so bad. It's historically bad, this, this power play. I don't understand it. It's we'll, so We'll bad. talk
1: more about that. We'll talk about that next week. Oh, I think so we talk bad. about more. Yeah. We'll dig into that next week a it's bad.
0: Yeah. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 161 here on the Orange of Backcheck podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are subscribed to us on all wherever you find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of that good stuff. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Twitter, or excuse me, on uh, Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following the Hockey Podcast Network. Actually, you talked about it uh, just a moment ago. Friday, Black Friday, the 1 o'clock game against the Rangers. We're doing another live watch party. Make sure you are tuned in on the Hockey Podcast Network uh, YouTube page. Always a fun time when we do that. Again, 1 o'clock on the YouTube page of the Hockey Podcast Network. Flyers-Rangers, Black Friday game. Thank you, as always, and we'll talk to you next time
1: jack monic boom and...
0: 160. 160 161 cool is that half a year yet what's that never mind that was a dumb question half a year you left no. half, the, half a year it's no it's obviously no because i was wondering if we've done half a year of epi- a full year of episodes and obviously we're not even at the halfway point yet like not even close i wish you were recording for that i am recording that's the sad thing
1: oh my <laughs> god you dumbass <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway
1: <laughs> love it bill i love you